Welcome to Phone Messages, episode 123. I think of you often. My name is Paul Mason Foch. This week, I play the fifth message from my grandmother. The message is 37 seconds long and comes from the fall of 1989. Let's listen. This is your grandmother, McGee, and she's 73 years old, going to be 74 years old in a few days. I just wondered how you were getting along, if you were, what your subjects were and so forth. You don't need to call back, but if you want to, I'll be glad to talk to you. I think of you often, and I don't know anything else. I guess I wear a 16 and a half size dress. All right, Paul. Once again, this short message reveals a lot about my grandmother's personality. First, it's clear that she is trying to respond to my outgoing message from episode 120, where I ask a long list of rapid-fire questions, including date of birth. She starts by saying she is 73, going to be 74 in a few days sounding a little like a toddler looking forward to her next birthday. Unfortunately, she was off by a decade. She was actually 83, going on 84. Also, since her message was most likely recorded in October, her January birthday was still a couple months, not a few days, away. Next, she asks how I am getting along, and what my subjects were. Referring to my first term in graduate school at the University of Chicago. This might seem like a casual query, but her tone suggests a sincere interest and reflects a genuine intellectual curiosity, something she received in part from being raised by parents who strongly endorsed women's education. Her mother worked as a teacher in Jackson County, Michigan, and was active in the movement for women's suffrage, bringing my grandmother along to voting rights marches. A reference to my great-grandmother's leadership in the movement can be found in a 1918 article from the Jackson Citizen Patriot titled, Over 7,500 Signers to Suff Petitions. Curiously, she is called Mrs. E. F. Horning, her husband's name, which suggests the limits to women's liberation at the time. All three of my great-grandmother's daughters attended college, which in the 1920s was a rare privilege. In 1926, less than 5% of 23-year-olds in the U.S. had bachelor's degrees and less than 3% of 23-year-old women. My grandmother started by attending Albion College, a small Methodist school in nearby Calhoun County, Michigan. The Albion College yearbook from 1926 shows her as a member of the Political Science Club, not surprising given her mother's activism, as well as the Cleonian Literary Society, 
a group named after Cleo, the Greek goddess of history. College literary societies such as this are sometimes described as precursors to sororities, but they had a more studious focus than the party-oriented lifestyle associated with contemporary sororities. At the same time, they did have their share of raucous rivalries. A 1900 article from the New York Tribune describes a confrontation between the Cleonian Society and the Phrenocosmian Society during a debate held at Madison Square Garden. After the contest, which the Cleonian Society won, members of the rival societies marched through the streets, singing and cheering. According to the paper, quote, At midnight, Roundsman Corey was sent to the garden with a number of additional police, but their services were not needed. Although after the debate had finished, the students made every effort to clash in Madison Avenue, unquote. Returning to the message, similar to her previous messages, Grandmother emphasizes that there is no need to return her call. But if I want to, she'd be glad to talk to me. She concludes by telling me she wears a 16 and a half size dress, which is another attempt to answer the questions from my outgoing message. Dress size was not actually on the list of questions, although I do ask for shoe size. Nonetheless, it reminds me of how rare it was to see grandmother in slacks rather than a dress. Once, I asked if she also preferred wearing a dress when she was younger. With a smile, she affirmed, Yes, we always like to appear nice. Looking back at the photos from her college yearbook, I imagine a sharply dressed flapper in a tubular dress and long beaded necklace, sitting in the church pews and catching my grandfather's eye after leaving small town Albion for Northwestern University in the big city. She graduated in 1927 and they were married a year later. Well, that's enough family history for this week. If you would like to be a part of this podcast family, please contact me through my website, pfoch.com. That's P-F-O-T-S-C-H dot com. Thanks for listening. Talk to you next week.